1: Plus.
2: Hello and welcome to Musicals with Cheese. It is I, Jess, joined as always by Andrew. That's me. And the premise of this show is that someone who knows musical theater pretty well, myself, um, and someone that doesn't know it as well, tackle a musical every now and then and talk about their different points of view on it. Yes. yes. And what is this month week whatever's musical andrew
3: oh we're talking about assassins
2: assassins
3: get it i made a joke ha <laughs> it's pretty that's not tough, <laughs> it's not funny just cut that
2: the Assassins is a musical with music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim and a book by John Weidman. It uses the premise of a murderous carnival game to produce the review-style portrayal of men and women who attempted, successfully or not, to assassinate the President of the United States of America. The music varies to reflect the popular music of the eras depicted. The musical opened in Off-Broadway in 1990 and on Broadway in 2004, where it won five Tony Awards.
3: Just as literally reads these. He just wrote it down.
2: <laughs> no, that's off the top of my head. Don't compare it to the Wikipedia page. Now, this is actually the first time we're doing a thing where I hadn't properly watched the musical beforehand. Um, I'd listened to the songs, but I'd never like sat down to fully bring in all of Assassins. So this is a first time experience for me as well. Um, I thought it was good, um, and. Has moments of being sometimes best, but it, overall, it feel it feels like a complete piece, but also kind of feels like one of his weaker ones.
3: I liked it a lot.
2: First question for you is: Was it better
3: than Rent? Do we really even need to ask this? Come on. Yes, it was better than Rent. What? Yeah, it was better than Rent. It was better than the best musical of all time. I'm I'm sorry.
2: Um. Yes, it is very much better than rent. <laughs> Let's never talk about rent again, you guys. Aids. So, um, how would you describe Assassins, Andrew?
3: A bit of a like a dark comedy kind of, uh, clip show almost. Yeah, they they don't make any attempt to have it organized in any real way,
2: but that doesn't mean it feels disjointed so to say like it works in favor of the 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 mood they're trying to give
3: well i think the fact that it is disjointed is the tone they were trying to set
2: because it's hard you don't want the truth because that's not a very engaging or fun evening at a show you want to have the fun moments so you can see these people as humans as opposed to just mustache twirlers who want to kill people um, one of the most interesting things that both Steven Sion Time and um John Weidman bring up um is that these would every nation has its would-be assassins, but these people do disturbing and horrible things not because they wanna influence national politics, but they feel they're wrapped in a malignant sense of entitlement. They feel like they were owed an American dream, and they get angry at America when they don't get their their dream. Um, Where's my prize?
3: It's it's true. Uh, none of them really, at least as far as uh, what is described in the musical, none of them were really out for political change. They were just kind of looking for attention for themselves.
2: I'd Except say the for, only one that John Wilkes Booth is probably yeah, the only I one was that.
3: Just gonna say, John Wilkes Booth, uh, his whole song is him arguing that he was out for political change.
2: I mean, he kind of started that way, but then he moved into the more seedy reasons. <laughs>
3: well, that was still political change, though. It just wasn't politics that
2: anyone nowadays agrees with, really. But let's not dive in too deep. Let's find some structure to this and just probably go character by character because this is a character piece, and let's just describe each character and the songs and elements that go around them in the non-chronological way that this show goes in. All right, so the show starts with the proprietor. Um, He's a gun salesman who pretty much gives the weapons to everyone in the show. He's the one that gives people the guns. (laughs) And he starts with the Everyone Has the Right song, that is the opening and closing numbers, that sets up basically the thesis statement of every character in the show.
3: I like this character. Cause he, he didn't make any sense, but he was funny because of that, almost. <laughs> it's like, who, um, he... who is this supposed to represent, is really what I was trying to figure out. and I never I never really figured it out.
2: Maybe he's, like, representation of insanity, or just, like, the gun itself, maybe? Maybe, or maybe he just doesn't represent anything, and he's just a fun concept. Um, But moving on to the Balladeer, who represents the every American, the general America's point of view, and how they will eventually view these people. He's
3: the voice of the audience.
2: Almost. He's the eyes of the audience and the reaction of the audience. Until eventually there's a twist at the end where you realize any audience member can become one of these assassins. Um, I think it's a great concept that could have been executed well if they had originally intended it. But since they just kind of shoehorned it in later down the line, it feels forced.
3: Yeah, very much so. They picked the wrong uh, assassin to do the twist with, to be honest.
2: Who would you have picked? Uh, Definitely not Oswald. I don't know. I I think that's the good part. Um he's the kind of most iconic assassin like um if you think assassination of a president the first thing in your head is Lee Harvey Oswald. Um well, some might think Booth, but like the most ubiquitous face and name is Lee Harvey Oswald, especially because we know so very little about him. Yeah, I guess. All right, and then moving on to John Wilkes Booth, the assassin of Abraham Lincoln. Um, he has the first real big number, um, the Ballad of Booth, where he describes the political and, um, possibly racially charged reasons why he committed his act.
3: Uh, because, uh, he didn't get good reviews or something like that.
2: That was, like, the whole thing. And his brother made him jealous.
3: Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't be jealous of that guy, though? Time to kill the president. Booth is such an important character in this too, because he's like the the head assassin kind of. At least that's how they that's how they that's how they portray him. He's like the HR place. manager, obviously.
2: Charles oh Gateau. He was the assassin of President James Garfield, mm. who loved him some lasagna.
3: Uh, this is my favorite. But one, hated Mondays, I believe. This is the, the Lordy guy, isn't it?
2: Yes. Do you want to explain his entire backstory? Oh, he his history? Be
3: like, he, wanted a, an, an, he wanted a position as ambassador, ambassador to France. And Garfield was like, not this Monday. And so he shot him. <laughs> he shot him and he, he died. And then he went to the Lordy...
2: Maybe that's why Garfield didn't like Mondays. Oh, boy, let's was go. Was James Garfield on murdered on, on a Monday?
3: <laughs> oh, boy. This this episode's gonna require a lot of uh, research. September so 19th, 1881. Like, I know what day that is. The day you... of the week was Monday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yes. <laughs> <laughs> we finally figured out why Garfield hates Mondays. We did it! We solved the mystery! Let's stay on Gato for a second. Um, Let's oh, talk okay, about the okay. fun... Sorry, I didn't want to move on, but I want to talk about how his song is the one time Steven Sondheim has ever used lyrics that weren't his own.
3: Oh, okay. You want to talk about that?
2: Yes. Um, um... This song has
3: my favorite lyrics because of that. <laughs> um, the Lordy song the Lordy poem. Here, let's do just a little bit more research. I am going to the Lordy. I am so glad. I am going to the Lordy. I am so glad. I am going to the Lordy. Glory hallelujah. Glory hallelujah. This is the most horribly cringy and funny thing ever. Almost sounds like it's from Rent. Almost. except it, I mean, except for he's dead now. Well, actually, you know what?, mm.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, so this guy wrote this horrible poem, and he performed it at his execution, and he wanted to have a an orchestra behind it, and the the whole poem is just horrible in in every way, and it's hilarious. And then they put the lyrics, they use those lyrics in the, in the
2: song. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, it is the most upbeat, um, execution scene since, um, um, the Green Mile. Moving on to uh, Leon Shulgosh. Um, he was a steel worker that assassinated William McKinley. He's the most boringest character in the musical. He's the one that likes gun. doesn't like gun. does like guns he He makes guns he and he's the one gun. that's
3: like it takes many men to make a gun that song's hundreds I like the the idea of that song
2: um I think that's sometimes prettiest song really it is really nice to listen to. I
3: kind of like his character a little bit I mean he's boring but I feel like he's supposed to... he should have been the everyman guy whatever.
2: Moving on to Giuseppe Zingara, a man who attempted to assassinate um Franklin D Roosevelt. Um he had a bad stomach ache, so he thought killing the president would fix it.
0: It did.
1: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
0: Ch-ch-chumba.
1: ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: He no longer has that stomachache.
2: <laughs> yes, but the most interesting thing about his story segment was the people's reaction and how they tried to steal the fame by claiming they saved Roosevelt
3: also another very funny song
2: (laughs) agreed and it rings very true to this day i mean in any tragic situation you do get those people that are like trying to grab a bit of it like i was there i was involved the tmz (coughs) generation so that's as true today as it was back in fdr's day
3: all right let's move on
2: all right (laughs) moving on um To Sam Bick, who attempted to assassinate Richard Nixon by driving a plane into the White House. Which,
3: by the way, uh, is a very good plan. I mean, it worked in other occasions.
2: Okay, he dressed up as Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) He dressed up as Santa Claus and made a lot of recordings into um, a little recording device and sent them off to many people and i find it ironic because at one point he's singing tonight from west side story which steven sondheim did the lyrics for so is this the first time sondheim has reused his own lyrics in another another one of his plays interesting you can't say he didn't write the lyrics though it's i think it's interesting
3: that this character doesn't really have a song
2: he has a lot of great monologues. Like, that's mostly his thing. Yeah, but this... Because he can't really do a...
3: Yeah, he doesn't really sing, though. At least he, has, he has a part in an ensemble song, but he doesn't really have his own song.
2: Eh. Some people just don't need their own song. It's like Sarah Jane Moore. She doesn't have her own song, but she just kind of hops in into the gun song. Then we're moving on to John Hinckley, attempted assassination attempt on President Ronald Reagan.
3: And he's got one of the best songs in, in the thing, Unworthy of Your Love, which is a, a duet with another character that we haven't talked about yet, where he sings about how much he, he is in love with um, uh, Jodie Foster, I think, and he, uh, and he wants to know how he can win her over.
2: Maybe he could help her make the beaver. Maybe
3: he could kill the president.
2: Those are two very good options and equally as horrible. I wonder how John Hinckley felt as soon as he found out that Jodie Foster was a lesbian.
3: <laughs> I'm sure he was one of the type of guys that thought he could still win her over or, or, you know what I'm saying. I mean
2: with his charming good looks?
3: No, with the president being dead. Y-
2: you know John Hinckley is out of prison right now. Um, Hey John, if you're listening, call us up. Let us know how it felt when Jodie Foster told you she'd rather munch on salmon. Ooh. Or,
3: or a, a beaver puppet <laughs> with Mel Gibson.
2: Then we're moving on to Lynette Squeaky Frome, uh, attempted assassin of President Gerald Ford, along with Sarah Jane Moore, who also attempted to assassinate Gerald Ford. Well, she also had. What do you this, think of these two characters? They're
3: both in good songs, but every scene that other than that is uh, awful, and I hated it. Okay, what I didn't like is I I didn't think these guys the the two ladies in this fit the tone at all i actually think they broke the tone because you went from this kind of a dark comedic to basically slapstick
2: i specifically didn't much care for the scene with like them dealing with her kid which is an interesting premise and could work on its own as like oh i brought my kid to the assassination attempt ha 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 ha
3: it's too stupid it's it's i think it, everything with them was too stupid like there was other like really goofy stuff, like with uh, with Bick had some goofy monologues, but with that it's played more like he's actually insane. With these two, it was <laughs> like, wow, they're dumb, <laughs> you know. I,
2: and I don't, I don't think they're dumb as much as they're indoctrinated in real life.
3: Yeah, which would have been more interesting. I would have liked to see that more. They they kind of played to that during their songs, but when they were just on on uh, the stage talking to each other was just goofy annoyances
2: and not to shit on john weidman at all but i think that steven sondheim just had a better understanding for what was more interesting about these characters than john weidman did because how they did this show is sondheim went off on his own wrote the songs in a vacuum john weidman wrote the scenes in a vacuum then they put it together
3: yeah and the songs with these characters are better than the scenes with these characters
2: and then we get an actually really amazing scene at the very end, where all the assassins come together from the past, future, and all that, and try to convince John Will- or Lee Harvey Oswald to murder JFK.
3: The only aspect I don't like about that scene is the aspect that it's the Balladier because I just don't think that fits. It doesn't really make sense to me.
2: I think it could fit, but it needs some toying around. But well, I, think- I don't. That's not a deal killer for me.
3: What I think is wrong with it is I don't think that anyone could be Oswald. I I think it takes a very special case to make an Oswald, and it's not just anybody could do it. You know, I I don't think any average Joe off the street could just suddenly be in Lee uh, Harvey Oswald's shoes.
2: So, obviously, the assassins are able to convince Lee Harvey Oswald to kill JFK, and after that, we have... A song called Something Just Broke, which only existed um, in the newer productions, was not in the original production, and I think it's so imperative that this exists. Because without it, it is just a show glorifying assassins, and with it, you finally get the point of view from the average human being. Um, Not just from the average human being that has the ability to become an assassin, but from the stand, stand people on the off sides, people in the wings saying, oh my god, the world fell apart. I never knew this man, but it affects me so dramatically. And I think nowadays it's even more effective. All right. And then by the end when they're singing Everybody's Got the Right once again, um, right at the audience, it's so chilling and you hate every one of them. And then the show ends. Andrew, what are your overall feelings on Assassins?
3: Um. You know, it was, there's some really good music and it, overall it's not, it's not bad, but I'm not sure I'd like recommend it too much. It's, it's, it's good. It's, it's.
2: Um, yeah, that's fair. Um, I think like if you catch it like at a community theater nearby, give it a watch or just listen to the soundtrack or the cast recording album, forgive me.
3: Yeah. Listen to that. Uh, I'm not sure it's worth seeking out in terms of watching it though a lot of the scenes aren't nearly as good as the songs um, sadly
2: <laughs> yeah I don't mean to be a party pooper I know a lot of people love this musical and I thought I was expecting to adore this but it just didn't hit me the way I was hoping it would
3: I, I would much rather listen to the album than I would listen, uh, watch the musical again but I
2: do think the performances from the Broadway production are astounding from um, Neil Patrick Harris, Michael Cerberus, um, all them chaps.
3: Uh, child molester, dude.
2: <laughs> James Barber. Hey, if you're listening, James Barber, uh, maybe, maybe you shouldn't be on Broadway no more. Maybe we need to retire. I don't know if I want him around kids no more. Um... Alright, Andrew, what is the cheese rating you would give Assassins?
3: <laughs> I I can't. Mm. Uh, Swiss, because it has a lot of holes in it. it ah! <laughs> you stole my answer, you
2: fuck. Because
3: Assassins shot holes. I don't, I, I don't know.
2: Alright, so next week, you guys, we're going to have a super special Halloween special, and we're not going to reveal that, but for November, we are going to reveal that for you. In November, we're going to have our next musical is going to be a Star Kid musical. I'm not going to tell you which one it is, but it rhymes with Quisted. But next time in on October 31st, expect a super special surprise from us.
3: It's not Annie.
2: <laughs> it's not Annie. No, no. All right. We'll see you then. Andrew, do you have anything left to say?
3: Um, it will not be next week because we're always off schedule. Okay. We stop using the weak terminology. <laughs> That's all I have to uh, say.
2: This one might actually be next week, though. Okay, this
3: one might be next week, but, but you know what? We got to stop saying next week because it's never going to happen. Uh, Bye, fellas. See you later.
2: Uh, wait, wait. No, we got to do a skit. Hey, you. I'm going to shoot you with this gun. Bang. Sing a song now. I shot you with the gun. I'm going to the Lordy.
3: I'm going to
2: the Lordy, And yeah, that's it. See you guys next time.
3: That was the longest outro of all time.